Welcome, True Believer readers, to Let's Read Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man, a division of Let's Read Spider-Man, a proud member of the PacePot Patreon Podcast Network. If you like this podcast, you may also enjoy True Believers, a podcast where free thinkers come up with creative ideas to express their true beliefs. That sounds wonderful. True, true beliefs and creative ideas? Wonderful idea, James. Well, in this week's episode, we meet a man who is so passionate about the People's Liberation Front that he plants high explosives all over the Statue of Liberty to blow it up, along with a loudmouth publisher of one of New York's most biased papers. Check out True Believers each week on the PacePot Patreon Podcast Network. Uh, yes, as usual, blowing things up in the podcast. From uh, November of 1977, <laughs> Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man 12, Brother, Power, Sister, Son. Written by Bill Mantlo, art by Sal Buscema, and Mike Esposito. Flash is playing aggressive tennis with one of his favorite people to pick on, Peter Parker, when he stops and apologizes for his aggression. He can't get his mind off his true love, Shawshank. Peter and Flash are soon distracted by zombie-like zealots headed towards the center of the park for a religious gathering. This book reads like a 1970s Spider-Man cartoon. I know we have to cover four books. Let me just do two things. First, let me bring in someone to help us with this because four books is a lot for just the two of us. I want to mention, uh, guess who's back, Yeti? It's Sarah Pezzel. Wonderful. Always great to have you, Sarah. I'm glad to be here. I'm excited for these issues. Yes, it's great that you were on the last podcast and then came back a completely different day to do a completely (laughs) different podcast. (laughs) Wow. Um, So anyway, I wanted to read to you really quickly some stuff from page six. You guys got time for that? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. What if I said no? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would remove the part that says that you're on the show, and we would just edit you completely out. Aw, okay. Yes, I have time for this. Excellent. (laughs) (laughs) The dictator of Let's Read Spider-Man says so. (laughs) Let me just quickly read from page six to give the listeners the full effect. When I say it's like a 70s... Uh, cartoon show. The characters start off and it's like, Flash, you go on ahead just in case they do something newsworthy. Don't let them convert you till I get there. Then he thinks, I'm going to go over here where Peter Parker can change without getting arrested as a Central Park streaker. And Spider-Man can check out what the group is thinking. Then it's like, while at the band shell, it's like, you know, what is the light, brothers and sisters? And then all the other people like, the light is love, brother. Let the light shine, brother. Love and light are power. I'm like, this is like such a campy, cheesy cartoon thing where Spider-Man's thinking, I'm going to go change into Spider-Man. When you were talking about it being like a 70s Spider-Man cartoon or just a 70s cartoon, um, I was thinking that I really like how it reads. I thought that Flash had every right to be angry with the situation, and it does fuel him throughout the next few issues. I like the tennis scene to start the book because it reminded me a lot of a 70s sitcom. And then, of course, Flash and Peter had to be in the right spot at the right time to see the followers. Totally classic. I like how we both are like, this reminds us of something from the 70s. <laughs> wow, because like, uh, it's from the 70s. Because <laughs> it's from 1977, yes. It feels very like dated that way. Yes, you know? it does. So. Yeah. All right, Eddie, I'm sorry we've taken uh, a little bit of your time here. Please continue with the summary. Yeah, Flash soon recognizes the pair leading the warship are Shawshan and her husband, now disguised as Sister Sun and Brother Darkness. In a rage, Flash attacks an only web shield wielding. This is the second 
time in recent memory. Spidey's made a web shield, by the way. Uh, Spidey can save him from the light burst. From the hand-holding power couple. Flash and Peter head home, and while Peter does some sleuthing at ESU about Ahmed Korba, a.k.a. Brother Darkness, and his cult, the Legion of Light. I want to let the listeners know that apparently Peter knows a professor who wrote a thesis on quasi-religious self-help groups of the 70s. This is not me being sarcastic. This is actually from the book. (laughs) I just can't help but laugh because I thought it was so ridiculous that there just happened to be a professor who had exactly what Peter needed. It's like plot device much. And I want to jump back. He's he's literally like turning the pages. He's like, oh, yes, see. Oh, yes. Ahmed Korba. Yes. He's known (laughs) as Brother Darkness. He married uh, Shashan. I mean, like, what? (laughs) Holy cow. Eddie, can we wrap this book up, please? Well, Flash disappears to confront Shashan. We end with Brother Darkness nearly killing Flash and Spidey being blasted out of a building through a wall. What an odd, odd pair of villains. Shawshan is strangely reluctantly involved in this cult, but doesn't really explain herself. Uh, this seems to parallel Liz Allen's character in our recent uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 173 about Molten Man. I, I think Len Wein and Bill Mantelo might have been hanging around the water cooler too much at Marvel, talking about women in comic books. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, they're trying to add some suspense and mystery. Sarah, do these villains ever stand a chance? Will they against Spider-Man? I honestly didn't think that they would stand a chance against Spider-Man, but we are reading the B-book, Peter Parker, The Spectacular Mm. Spider-Man. So I did think um, it was interesting that Brother Darkness had strength equal to any who are guided by the forces of darkness because he was actually able to go hand to hand with Spidey. But I I just don't think that that's realistic. And then I laugh that I say that because we're reading comic books. (laughs) (laughs) I do know that Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man will eventually recover. There will be some good books. Speaking of Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man, it's time for a Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man exclusive segment, Something You May Have Missed. There was a line on page 15 that you might have missed. I'd like to read it to you now. It's the last panel Spider-Man has been fighting against the villains here. There's a big battle. And these two cops come running up to him and they go, hold it right there, wall crawler. We've let you slide by in the past, but you've really done it this time. You're under arrest. He's done it because he's gotten involved in disrupting a gathering of like, you know, a a gathering of this religious thing. And that's it. (laughs) He's really done it this time. We've had had enough of you breaking up this cult in the park with two people shooting laser beams out of their chests while holding hands. There's nothing else illegal going on. Of course, it's all Spider-Man's fault. Right. Well, I yeah, was thinking is... of the other things they've let him slide by on. All these murders that he's <laughs> under, under the cause. They're always like stopping him. There he is, one different murder, and they're shooting at him. But here they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He attacked a legal gathering. You've really done it this time. This has been something you may have missed. Thank you. 
From December of 1977, Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man number 13, The Coming of Razorback, written by Bill Mantlo, art by Sal Buscema, and Mike Esposito. Spider-Man is regaining consciousness from his recent confrontation with Brother Darkness and Sister Sun when a large looming figure approaches. Groggy and assuming Brother Darkness has returned to finish him off, Spidey clocks him. But it turns out it's a burly new character, Razorback. The pair battle... Until with some southern charm, Razorback explains he thought all Big East heroes had to battle every time they met, and that Spidey and Razorback were, in fact, allies. (laughs) Ha! I enjoy this! It's so silly and fun to have Razorback point out the obligatory hero battle. (laughs) That always happens. I also think uh, I like his southern drawl more than the last oddly talking character I really liked. Cotton Mather. Oh, God. <laughs> I love how he talked. Sarah, how ironic I that we get such a great that one. one. <laughs> Tis the demon. He has freed himself. However, I was honestly surprised that Razorback was not a villain uh, when he first appeared. I don't actually know much about this character other than there's an action figure of him being released that is a set. And it is uh, Mark Bagley's Symbiote Spider-Man, so the purple version, or with the purple shading. And then, um, if I remember correctly, the fly uh, Silvermane as a robot, which you'll find out you know, about later. And then uh, Razorback. Is this from Tinkbump Toys, our Marvel team-up sponsor? Unfortunately, as much as I'd love to plug Tinkbump uh, in the podcast, no. It's about the same price as the Tink Pump toy I saw about. <laughs> Did you see it? And all these guys, except for Silvermane, have been recently in our books. Like, And then the last like couple issues. I mean, yeah, Mult and Man. it's so random because it's like C, B, C level villains. And you're like, oh, cool. Like They don't often release a lot of those figures. And there's a Spider-Man in the pack. <laughs> That's how I know it's not Tink Pump toys. Why would you want one of those? <laughs> hey, so common. All right, Eddie. What's going on? Finish this book up, please. Uh, Flash quickly teams up with Spidey and Razorback, and together they hop into the big pick. Uh, this is a Optimus Prime-looking truck that Razorback built um, to follow the tracker Razorback tagged on Brother Darkness. At Brother Darkness's mansion, it is revealed the ultimate leader is the hate monger. Razorback does find his sister, but ultimately Spidey, Razorback, and Flash are all blasted by light. <laughs> And captured rather quickly. I was so inspired by Razorback that I listened to Convoy, you know, the song, <laughs> while writing the summary. Uh, Sarah, can you explain to our sis- listeners what Razorback looks like? Okay, this is fantastic. So he is, imagine like a green, like an emerald green jumpsuit with yellow accents for the boots and the gloves. He's got this gigantic belt that reminds me of like WrestleMania belt. Um, and yes. But the best part, so imagine a warthog had its mouth open and inside the mouth was the person's head. So you're wearing that like a, like a mask. And then there's the mane of the warthog however we should I think main is the correct uh, term appropriate. and um, it goes all the way down his back and it's also something that he can use to shock people with Eddie you were gushing over Razorback's looks and his accent did you want to share your favorite line from this book there's so many to pick from but he says well shucks that's what I'm here for ain't it Ain't no way these moony-eyed loonies can hang on to me, not when I juiced up my mane. So, so far, 
we have Brother Power and Sister Sun are running around. We don't really know exactly why Sister Sun is tied up with this guy. And now there's this dude, Razorback, who's come out to find his sister. Good guy. And, yeah, and Flash is running around, too. So the three of them are running around trying to make the world a better place. And, yeah, that's the first two books. And it's still going on, and it carries into... The next one, which is from January of 1978, Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man number 14, Killing Me Softly, written by Mantlo, Busema, and Esposito. Flash, Razorback, and Spidey are chained up in a basement with dynamite ticking nearby. With some pinpoint accuracy, Spidey manages to ping Razorback's belt buckle, and Big Pig, Razorback's truck, is to the rescue. Uh, Sarah, what do you think of their escape? I thought that our webbed wonder has amazing control of the webbing he's created. I think it's creative that he can alter the pressure on his web shooter to change the consistency of the webbing. I think it's really clever, although convenient for the situation. What a wacky way to get them out of trouble. Yeah. I don't love how the Amazing Spider-Man books are basically pretty serious. And here in Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man, they're taking on this level of campiness. That being said... I actually really like Razorback, and this Big Pig Semi is my favorite vehicle. And when I read this alone, I actually was like chuckling at this stupid moment. So I, I, I'm okay. All right, woohoo! Uh, well, the trio of heroes drive to the stadium where Brother Darkness and Sister Sun are riling up the crowd. <laughs> Using Peter's press credentials, they get into the basement where the, they battle the hate monger. It is an uneven fight with Hatemonger forcing Razorback and Spidey to fight each other. Thankfully, Flash tackles Hatemonger, breaking his concentration long enough to stop Spidey from killing Razorback, and at the end, we get a view of the werewolf-like face of Hatemonger, backed up by an army of Zealots. Werewolf-like face? I thought Hatemonger was Hitler's clone. Who is this guy? Uh, I need a backstory, Eddie. Where's that uh, guy with the quasi uh, semi-religious? Does he know what's going on? Speaking of backstories, uh, he, you know, I can tell you a little more about it, but I, I've been ignoring Shawshank, Brother Darkness, Sister Sun, uh. Shawshank too, for the next summary. Perhaps we'll learn more about Hate, hate Monger. Just hold on, James B. Okay. Well, these books have been a snapshot through the history of the United States, and I know you made a couple of little references, but there's a ton of CB radio stuff going on at the same time. That was the cell phone of 1977. We had in my house an actual CB radio in my parents' oh. bedroom, and my dad would like CB on his way home, and you could hear him talking to other people as he was heading from work, you know, the 25-minute drive from his work to our house. But I will say I don't recall any large gatherings of people walking around saying light is love and whatnot, but I was only seven years old. That's because it was 1977 and 78. And so is our last book of this group. It's from February of 1978. Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man, number 15, the best looking book of the bunch. The Final Race, but not the best book inside, written by Bill Mantlo, Art by Sal Basama, and Ernie Chan. With overwhelming power, Hatemonger blasts our heroes in the first few pages of this book. Hatemonger then takes some time to explain his backstory. And now, James B., I'd like to do a new segment called Eddie Reads an Overly Complicated Wacky Backstory Super Fast Because He Doesn't Like It. (laughs) 
Hatemonger, aka Beastman, came to be on a utopian counter-earth hidden by a barrier of time created by High Evolutionary. After discovering Hatemonger, Warlock transformed the villain into a wolf and shipped him to normal Earth where he hoped mortals would hunt and kill him. But he managed to turn back into Beastman, disguise himself as an astronaut, program a spaceship to pierce the time lag barrier that separates counter-earth from Earth, crash into Vietnam, giving a Snoopy Ahmed Korba, aka Brother Darkness, his powers, all while Shawshan's dad recognizes the cosmic evil and so bestows his light power on his daughter and forces her to marry Brother Darkness to counter said evil, telling her her trail will not be long, as he is blown up by the final bombs of in Vietnam. You've been listening to Eddie Reed's an overly complicated, wacky backstory super fast because he doesn't like it. Yeah, I felt this wacky backstory distracted from the main story, whatever there was of it, throughout these four I thought books. it did too, and it wasn't really important either. I thought it was unnecessarily complicated. Like, Counter-Earth, really? Terrible. Well, let me finish this book off. Hatemonger then blasts the supports, holding up the floor of the stadium, forcing Spidey and Razorback to try to stop the cave-in. There's a complex, multi-part fight in which Bobby Sue, Razorback's sister, ends up the catalyst that destroys Hatemonger. Uh, Spidey declares evil vanquished because they all work together. Uh, <laughs> this final book is almost entirely battles here, there, and everywhere. Uh, but I did have a favorite part of this fight. Spider-Man is like crashing through the wall going towards Hatemonger, and Hatemonger is... I don't know what his weapon is here. It says, Zam. This is page 27. And Hatemonger says, too late for everything, save death. And he's like blasting Spider-Man. And Spider-Man's costume is ripping off his body. I really like this effect. Like, his costume should rip way more often. I enjoyed the ending um, that that was mentioned earlier. Um, I liked how Spider-Man had been a mentor to Razorback in these issues or like a mentor to Razorback. I liked how Razorback's sister, what's her name, Bobby Sue, uh, declines coming home with Razorback and Spider-Man offers some advice. Razorback acknowledges that Spider-Man has helped him and overall it was a cute moment in the book. I'm really rooting for Razorback. Boy, Sarah, you're so good at, you know, noticing Spider-Man mirror off whoever he is with at the time. You, you just did this on our last podcast with Punisher. Understanding these relationships between the two heroes very nicely. Yes, I'm, gla- I'm glad we had you back four days <laughs> yes, later to do this course. podcast. And, and yeah, I agree. Bobby Sue is great here at the end that she's like, no, you know, I'm not going back to Tex Arc Anna. She's, she snapped out of it a little too easily for my, for my taste. She was really not willing to come along and then all of a sudden she's like just the apex of hypnosis and spider-man we know how much hypnosis this has been james b i'm amazed well spider-man did get hypnotized right he fought razorback for a while so Mm -hmm. there it is again his ultimate razorback was also hypnotized by the way too that's why he was fighting back you know i used to own these books i don't think i ever read them but i own them because i was collecting but uh, i did sell almost all my peter parker the spectacular spider-man i think i have one through ten still I don't believe I'm going to be keeping them, but I'm glad I was able to sell 12 to 15 before I read them. I would have sold them for a lot cheaper. You didn't like these, huh? Not a fan. I'm going to give this. Uh, nope. No way. I'd rather have the Hitman the Punisher I, than this I garbage. didn't like this backstory at all. It was super distracting. I got to agree there with James. Yeah, it was pretty weird. The question is, is Razorback and Big Pig enough to put up with Ahmed Korba and I mean, his we, brother... Uh, you know, I'm a little sur- like it is action a- scene. All right. Another terror. We've been hating on Shawshan and Flash for quite a while now, but 
It is a lot of like character development. I mean, this is very close to being a Marvel team up, right? Oh, absolutely. It's 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 they're out of it's a, it's B writers. They lost. And we all know they yes. lost Jerry Conway like from the jump, like two books in, and now they're scrambling. They're going to recover at some point. This is Marvel. This is Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man. We know they're going to end up having Cloak and Dagger coming out of this. That whole section with Silvermane that Sarah references, um, that's coming up in this book. Agree, Sarah? Oh, do you even know that? Does he do that in Amazing too? Like, I know Silvermane, the one you're discussing, is going to come up at part of the Cloak and Dagger storyline in the, like, let's say, 80 to 100 run of Peter Parker. Right after the owl. Yeah, I believe it happens in... Yeah, it's... A, I believe it happens in both. Okay. Okay, he's in both. But, so, the good things are to come, but not with the current situation. And these writers aren't bad writers. They're just not writing good storylines right now. What do you think, Sarah? I didn't like the backstory, and I did also think it was distracting to not just the book it was in, but distracted from the other books as well. Mm. Um, but I really like Razorback as a character, and yeah. that was enough to like keep me holding on through that brother darkness and sister son totally nonsense. Agree. Totally agree, yeah. And also, as I was talking before about the Razorback action figure, I just keep thinking, like, I need an action figure of that big pig leg of his. You have a great, it's a great, you do a great description of him, and he's super fun. It's enough for, more than enough for me. There's been far worse books than this. I I like it. Yeah, like the Cotton Mathers book. (laughs) Sarah's only on our podcast whenever they have people with wacky accents. Uh, Sarah, if people wanted to uh, talk to you about wacky accents, how could they reach out to you? Well, they can send me voice messages on Twitter (laughs) at spider underscore panel. And Eddie, if people want to tell us how they really feel about Sarah, you know, the real tea, how could they reach us? Yeah. I mean, you can send us a messenger pigeon if you want to. Or you can email us at letsreadspiderman at gmail.com. Or find us on Twitter at Let's Read Spidey. I'm James B., joined by... Eddie! And... Sarah! And remember, listeners, Let's Read Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man. It's a division of Let's Read Spider-Man, a proud member of the PacePot Patreon Podcast Network. If you like this podcast, you may also enjoy Never Give Up on Your Dreams, a podcast where you call in with a hopeless story, and our host encourages you to never give up on your dreams, no matter how tough. How touching. What a wonderful sounding podcast. (laughs) Host the hate monger, aka Man Beast, recounts how he came to be on a utopian counter-earth hidden by a barrier of time created by the high evolutionary. After being discovered by Warlock and transformed into a wolf, Man Beast did not give up on his dream. He worked hard no. on normal Earth, earned money, and got an education. He parlayed that to a college where he learned the necessary sciences in school to become an astronaut. His Inspired hu- by hate monger. His hundreds of hours of physics studies taught him how to program a spaceship to pierce the time lag barrier that separates counter-Earth from Earth. Uh. Studying the art of war by Sun Tzu, he learned that Vietnam was the place to crash. <laughs> What an inspiration. Yeah. Never give up on your dreams. Part of the PacePot Patreon Podcast Network. No. We should never listen to this podcast. I'm sorry, guys. (laughs) Goodbye. 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 
these books are hard to to celebrate too much. But obviously, let's talk about Razorback. Did you guys realize that Razorback seems to be pretty much a normal person with a really cool truck and an electrified mane? Is that it? Or did I miss something else? No, I don't think you missed anything. Um, I don't remember anything about like super strength or agility or anything like that. Um, but that electrified mane, though, that's that's really cool. I love that. But uh, but I'm just being just one more time. He's a regular guy who's wearing a costume with an electrified mane and has the ability to call his truck. Like that's it. And then he's able to go toe to toe with everybody in this issue, including Spider Man in some way, right? He he is huge and strong. And well, he goes toe to toe, but not for very long. I mean, Spider-Man almost kills him. You know, he's got him unconscious and Hatemonger is going to have him punch him in the face. Okay. And Flash interrupts him. So, but I guess in the second book, when Razorback shows up, they do fight a little bit. Maybe we were so distracted by the other backstory that we didn't have <laughs> enough time for Razorback's backstory. He has a backstory besides I'm coming to get my... I don't know. We don't know. Don't there know. could be. They didn't include it in the book. Razorback, I would say, let's say, worst worst superhero sidekick for Spider-Man. Give me who's less powerful than him then. Who's a better sidekick, Prowler or mm. or Razorback? Who do you want fighting with you? Well, Prowler has, a, has I don't know, heightened agility, but at least apparent agility um, to be able to, like, get to the same places that Spider-Man can, at least for the most part. Um, I like his gizmos that he has. Um, so you're saying Razorback is currently the weakest ally Spider-Man could grab? Hmm. No, I'm just saying out well, of the who, two. Who's his weakest ally then that he can get? I can't think of anybody weaker. What about, oh, did this happen yet? There she goes. Yes, it did. Uh, Rocket Racer. Well, Ro- Rocket Racer. Rocket Racer is an enemy in our books right now. right now. He's a villain. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Saw that coming. Darn it. <laughs> Man, Mountain Marco is not his friend, so it doesn't count. Yeah. All right. Sorry to the. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to make fun of Big Pig. I love. I love this dude. I mean, they're selling. Uh, they're selling toys on this guy, Razorback. But come on, he's like the weakest you can get. He's the bottom of the barrel, right? Hmm. He's got so. the heart, though. I. I, it's, I find it so difficult to not like him. <laughs> yeah. He's so. Lo- he's so lovable. Hold on to your lunches, good buddies. Yeah! Because <laughs> uh, this here road jockey's going to kick the slack and let the motor toter. 